Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It's so great to be with you today. In today's episode, are you feeling the effects of uncertainty? Today, the second in our Managing Uncertainty series, we take a deeper look at worry, which is one of the ways we try to manage uncertainty, which as you can imagine, might not always serve us. Let's walk. walking and enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. Feeling our feet on the ground, our belly rise and fall. bringing mindfulness to whatever it is we are doing, which for me, it's walking. For you, it might be moving in a different way. But let's arrive and be here now. As you know, in the last 8% morning, we walk. We start by mindfully moving our body after we make our bed, after we engage in the five-minute book club. And we do this not to calm our minds, though that might be an outcome, but to build the robust skills of mindfulness and emotional intelligence so that we can be with ever more difficult, ever more fast-changing situations. So just walking standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. And just feel your feet and your ankles. Feel your knees and your elbows. And your hands. And your head and neck. Just be present with what is. Tune in. And you might have some sensations that are unpleasant or not calm. And as you know, we don't push those away. We just befriend them. If that's what's present, we form a relationship with them. We let them be. Because we know they will come and they will go. They will arise and they will pass away. And if we can be less attached, and when I say attached, I mean that pushing away, not wanting to feel something that does not feel comfortable, then it'll pass away on its own. And we will build neural pathways of being non-reactive, non-judgmental. 
This is mindfulness. This is a big part of the how of leadership. So just feel your whole body as you're walking. Feel your belly rise and fall. Feel grateful to be alive today. It's so great to be with you today. So as you know, we start with four or five minutes of mindfulness. Then we move into our idea of the day. Are you feeling a great deal of uncertainty in your life? If you are, you're not alone. At IHHP, where I work, we survey over 40,000 people a month. And I can tell you that people are feeling the effects of uncertainty right now. And if we are going to manage uncertainty effectively, we need a plan. And it starts by understanding uncertainty. Last episode, we talked about what uncertainty is, which is not knowing what is going to happen in the future. But also, in last episode, we talked about the myth of certainty, that we believe our lives as they are will continue as they are. This myth is driven by really a suboptimal way of seeing our lives, which I'll describe this in more detail in a future episode in this series, but essentially what that means is that for most of us, we live not mindfully, but mindlessly on autopilot more of the time than we might want to admit. Not really aware of how we are constantly moving from things we like to things we don't like. And we do this habitually. And we do this without really even knowing it. And we do this toing and froing because we do not look deeper to see how life itself is in a constant state of change and uncertainty. So we cling to whatever we think is more certain and graspable and pleasant And we push away that which is not comfortable. And all of this is at the heart of what causes us suffering. And because we are facing more uncertainty than ever, we are suffering more than ever. And I'm going to get into this more in a later part of this series. But for this episode, I want to cover one of the two ways that we typically react to uncertainty, which is to worry. standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. So what is worry? Well, I think most of us have the experience of worry, so you probably don't need me to explain it to you. But this is where we obsessively think or ruminate about something that might or might not happen in the future. It's populated by you know, what ifs, mostly negative. We spend a great deal of time stuck in our head. We call this the voice in our head, the VOH, because there's a critic present, an element of judgment about ourselves or our situation, and all this can get us hooked 
and caught in our thoughts as we go over the same real estate over and over and over again. And we start to make a mess internally from this. You could say that worries to the mind, you know, these obsessive thoughts, the voice in our head, what anxiety is to our body, which is more the physical manifestation of the same experience. That's things like shortness of breath, pounding heart, butterflies, nausea, etc. Every one of us has a different experience of the physical side. But you can think of anxiety as a physical side and worry as the thinking or voice in our head side. So why do we get hooked and get caught in our thoughts and make a mess? Why do we worry? Well, worries are brain's attempt to reduce the unknown, right? Which is uncertainty, of course. It's an attempt to bring more certainty by attempting to think through anything and everything that could possibly happen. It is an attempt to find some control in a very uncontrollable world. And does it help, right? If we all do it, is there a reason? Well, some of us think that worry will help us in some way. I mean, that's why we do it. We think it will help us better adapt, be more effective. The problem is that excessive worry activates the emotional part of our brain, the amygdala, found in the limbic system of the brain. When we worry and we turn on this part of our brain, the consequence is that we start to overestimate danger. We overestimate threat. And this shuts off or hijacks the prefrontal cortex of our brain. It's the area above the eyes behind the forehead that regulates rational thinking. So our problem-solving ability becomes diminished. The more we worry, the less wise we are. Let me say that again. The more we worry, the less wise we are. Over time, we lose confidence in our ability to solve a problem. And the worse our solutions are to that problem. It also means that we are reinforcing the worry neural pathways in our brain, which means they become stronger and more easily accessed next time we face uncertainty. Arthur Summers Roche wrote, Worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Wow, that's a great line. It cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. By the way, from the academic literature, there's many researchers who believe that fear of the unknown is the foundational fear we human beings experience, the fear of the unknown. And this is the one drive or the one that precedes or drives all of our other fears. So it's important to understand this. Right? In this series, we need to grow insight, not just tools, but insight. And today is more about insight than tools. And we need to understand that uncertainty itself, independent of the situation, but uncertainty itself can cause significant challenge. In fact, as much or more than the actual situation that we're facing. For example, two examples. There's lots of data to suggest that 
job uncertainty itself takes a far greater toll on our health and mental well-being than actually losing our job. It's the not knowing that kills us. Another one, in a classic study, which I describe in a lot more detail in my book, Performing Under Pressure, people in central London did better mentally and emotionally, had fewer physical effects such as ulcers than people in the outskirts of London during the raids in World War II, even though they experienced far more bombing. So why is that? Well, they had a a certainty that they would be bombed every night, whereas people in the outskirts had more sporadic bombing. They had greater uncertainty, and that caused far greater physical and mental and emotional effects. So it makes sense for us to try to grow some skills to understand this. And, you know, when it gets bad, we can go numb. When there's a lot of uncertainty and we do not have the skills to manage our brain, Our brain demands more energy from the body than it usually does. This is known in the literature as the selfish brain because it hoards energy from the body in an attempt to find certainty. The brain enters a hypervigilant state that demands extracerebral energy. And we've all been there. And over time, this can cause us to become emotionally numb. What does that mean? Well, Feeling numb is characterized by a sense of emptiness, despondency. We can feel a sense of hopelessness, and this can lead to a sense of isolation, uh, emotional disconnect from the people at work, at home. It can cause us to shut down and not be able to process information, especially when it comes in more nuanced, novel forms. So, as we all know, when this is happening in our organizations, we're more challenged to handle new information, that new change, or engage in the more difficult, such as last 8% situations of a, making a tough decision, having a difficult conversation. We have more challenges working effectively with others because our ability to stop and listen and take in new information goes down. And we do this because our brain can literally not handle new information or anything that feels uncomfortable. Gabrielle Bernstein said, fear is often our immediate response to uncertainty. There's nothing wrong with experiencing fear. The key is not to get stuck in it. So to deal with this, we need to build robust skills to manage our brain, specifically that emotional part of our brain, more effectively. Listen, this will take time. It will require a practice. But you will find that if you commit and engage, a transformation will take place. You will start to see the difficult as not something to avoid, but instead you'll start to see it differently as something that was going to help you grow and learn and become, transform into your best self. This is why we do the practice of this podcast. This is why we walk. This is why we build, and it takes time, but we build the skills of mindfulness and attempt to learn as fast as the world is changing because that's what it will take for us to grow the robust skills of emotional intelligence 
in order to deal with uncertainty. And I can tell you, for over 20 years at IHHP, we've seen this with leaders and individuals we've trained to build these skills so they can deal with uncertainty. They can work better together. But just know it will not happen overnight. It will take a commitment and hard work on your part. So the first thing is just commit to doing an episode every day of this podcast. You know, commit to learning as fast as the world is changing. Commit to taking courses and certainly our life-changing live virtual courses at IHHP are a great place to start. But you've got to grow these skills. And the most exciting part is that over time you will find an ease when you face these challenging situations that cause others to panic and be impacted by. And yet you're not as much. You are. We all are. I am. You are. But a little less so. We've got a little more ease. We can't, you know, as we like to say, we can't stop the waves, but we can learn to surf. Right? This is the how of leadership when we can manage ourselves first. And from that place of strength inside, we can help others, we can lead others, we can influence and have the kind of impact on others we want to have. Eckhart Tolle said, if uncertainty is unacceptable to you, it turns into fear. If it is perfectly acceptable, it turns into increased aliveness, alertness, and creativity. That's the choice that we have in front of us. We will face uncertainty. It's just true. But does it turn into fear? Or do we come to accept it? And that's where the decision point comes. And if we have skills to manage our brain in that moment, we can move to acceptance, which leads to aliveness, alertness, creativity, collaboration. This is when our best work gets done. This is when we feel excited by the challenge. This is what's possible for us. So feeling our body, standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. Moving to three by three now to end our podcast today. Feel your breath come right down into your toes three times, three mindful breaths. And three gratitudes. I can tell you one of my gratitudes. My father and I spent some time in the hospital the last few days. He was challenged with some health concerns. He's fine. So I have just such gratitude that my dad is doing okay. Love you, Dad. He is a longtime listener of this podcast. Now moving to three goals for the day. What do you want to get done today? 
fantastic. Now, taking this energy, this momentum into our day, knowing that we have more control than we think possible by forming a response, having a relationship with our moment-to-moment experiences, welcoming it, not pushing it away, not turning it uncertainty into fear, accepting. And the more we can do this, the more we can turn uncertainty into aliveness, alertness, creativity, the fun of life. A bit scary, yes, but the fun of life. Have a wonderful day.